Hey, Verb City Church, and welcome to this online-only Sunday. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, We decided that we would give our staff and our volunteers a break this weekend, and so we've recorded something special. We've been in a series the last four weeks called Frentimacy, and instead of doing like a whole additional sermon on Frentimacy, what I thought we could do is maybe spend a few minutes, this won't be super long today actually, and to talk about something that just didn't make it into one of the messages. So in week three of the series, we talked about blessing, and we talked about being the kinds of people who uh, bless others instead of curse them and to receive blessings into our life instead of curses. And as we talked about that, we, we, we spent some time on Jacob, he's a character in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis and his story. And so what I wanted to do is just talk a little bit more about his story today. This won't have a ton to do with friendships, relationships, uh, but this does have a little bit to do with the blessing that we feel in our own lives. And I wanted to talk about why it is that at the beginning of his life, his inner man does not feel blessed. We talked about that concept a few weeks ago, but I didn't, get into, I didn't get to get into the details. So think of today as like a DVD bonus content. Every week, every, every series, lots of stuff ends up on the cutting room floor. Uh, and you may be thinking, well, if it wasn't good enough for the first sermon, how good can it possibly be? Fair question. Stick around for a few minutes and see. But I, I, it was helpful for me. And I found it really compelling. And so just for a few minutes today on on this holiday weekend, I just wanted to jump into Genesis. If you want to follow along, uh, we're going to be in uh, chapter 29. So here's here's what's happened, just kind of the setup, especially if you missed that week. Uh, Jacob has stolen his father's blessing from his older brother Esau. Esau would have been the one who was supposed to receive that blessing. But Jacob conspired with his mom to trick his dad, uh, who's, who had bad eyesight, his father Isaac, into blessing him instead. And then after that happens, he runs away. And so he's stolen his father's blessing and yet does not feel very blessed. His brother Esau is, is angry with him, like murderously angry, wants to kill him. And so he, he runs off and he goes and starts to work uh, for his, his uncle. And in doing so, uh, he, meets, he meets his uncle's daughters and he decides he would like to marry one of his daughters named Rachel. And his, his uncle tells him, like, you can do that, but you've got to work for me for seven years. And so we pick this up in Genesis chapter 29 and verse number uh, uh, 14. We read this. Laban says to him, you are my own flesh and blood. And after Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing, tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. So you have weak eyes compared to uh, beautiful in form, right? That, that, that's the difference between the two daughters. And so Jacob being a young man uh, says that he was in love with Rachel. And he said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. So like all the payment I want, he essentially says, is that I get to marry your daughter, Rachel. All right, so Laban said, uh, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. And so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. So it's really trying to draw out the fact that he had a great deal of affection, of love for Rachel. And he's, he's willing to work seven years. It goes by. Time flies because he's so in love. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to lie with her. So euphemisms abound, but you get the drift. So Laban in verse 22 brought together all the people of the place and he gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob and Jacob lay with her. Right, so they would have usually a, 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 a thick, heavy veil at this point. So he, he didn't realize 
that his uncle had deceived him and he was marrying the wrong one of his uncle's daughters at this point. So he marries Leah and Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her hand servant. Verse number 25, when morning came, there was Leah, understatement in the whole Bible, maybe the, the understatement of, of the scriptures, right? So he didn't realize it. When morning came, there was Leah. That was probably a fairly shocking way to wake up and to figure out like, oh, I've been incredibly duped. Here's what's so interesting here. Jacob the deceiver is himself deceived. Jacob that stole a blessing has the blessing of the woman he wants to marry stolen from him. Right? Now, this is not karma, like what goes around comes around. It's not that idea. It's more like this. What we do in life tends to perpetuate, right? Like it, it echoes. It echoes. And, and it's, not like a, it's not like you can call it like a return on investment. Like if I invest this, I'll do this. If I do this, this will definitely happen. It's just this idea that, that Jacob doesn't feel very blessed in his inner man. And that ends up actually being lived out in his life. So Jacob said to Laban, like, what is it that you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, well, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. As, as if, right, that was a good enough reason for him to just move forward with this. Uh, Finish this daughter's bridal week, and then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. So he's saying, look, you have Leah. I'll give you Rachel as well. In fact, you can have her right after this wedding week is over. But then you have to work seven more years for her. And so Jacob did so. And he finished the week with Leah. And Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. And Laban gave his servant girl uh, 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 Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. And Jacob lay with Rachel also. And he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Look, there's nobody in this story really that you should feel great for. It's just, it's one of those stories that like, there's just a lot of ick here. A lot of ick going around. And, 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 a lot of it is produced because Jacob does not actually feel blessed. And so he doesn't live the kind of life of blessing. And then he gets taken advantage of. And then he's willing to go. And Laban's not living a life of blessing, right? This whole family dynamic here is one of cursing. And the question we asked right a couple of weeks ago is, how blessed does your inner man or your inner woman actually feel? And we just talked about the idea that, that the truth of the scriptures is that God has created you in his image. He loves you. You are a son or a daughter of his, and he is, he's blessed you because of that. You are blessed. The question is, do you actually feel the blessing of God? Do you feel that that's true? Because Jacob doesn't. And so in my research for this, and this is what just absolutely didn't make it into the message, just wasn't time. Uh, what I found over and over as I was looking through commentaries and I was reading uh, people talking about like that, the idea of the inner blessing on the inner light is that, like four reasons that we often don't feel blessed. And I just thought I would just write as kind of like DVD commentary extras on this uh, sermon that we did a few weeks ago. Just kind of talk through what the four are real quickly. And then we'll, that's it. We'll be done. Here's what they are. Wounds, lies, idols, and addictions. The, the reason that we often will become deceivers ourselves. The reason that we'll try to take things that don't belong to us. The reasons we'll try to snatch blessing away from others because it wasn't given to us are those four things, wounds, lies, idols, addiction. So I just want to talk through them very briefly. And my, my encouragement to you then is as we talk through these four, for you to try to find yourself. Are there one or two of these that resonate more deeply with you because maybe you have an experience that you had growing up or maybe an experience that you had in the recent past even that you identify with these 
four reasons that we often don't feel the inner blessings of God, even though he has declared them over us. All right, so the first is wounds. This is stuff a lot of times that we inherited when we were a kid, like somebody passed it on to us. Maybe it was a, it was a parent wound, a father wound, a mother wound. Maybe it was a mentor or a teacher. But you receive this like really early on in life. As we talked about this a few weeks ago, right? This idea that someone can say something to you. Someone can treat you a certain way. And you can live with that for the rest of your life. It's the idea that like, you know, a lot of men I've talked to as they've gotten older, even as they've been successful, they'll just acknowledge, man, uh, everything I do, I'm really just doing to show my father that he was wrong. That's this idea that wounds can, can take hold in ourselves. And so when, when we are wounded early on, we don't feel blessed. And so we go seeking the blessing and we'll sometimes go to great lengths to get it, even if that means deceiving others or taking what's not ours. And that's the way that a wound can kind of infect your life. And it, it ends up actually working. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you understand this. It ends up working as a doorway that the enemy can come in and, and push back against you and make your life very challenging and difficult. It's, some, some of us never get over it. Uh, it's just, it, it ends up wounding us our entire life. The second one is lies. This is somebody told you something at some point in your life and it wasn't true. Or here's the other kind of insidious lie. You tell yourself something that's not true over and over. So if you, you're probably familiar with, with body dysmorphia. That's just this idea that there's something wrong with your body. And it doesn't have to be for you to believe that. There's, there's a psychological term, body dysmorphia, that you struggle. You always believe it. And it, it looks different ways in different people. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, their weight. But sometimes it's like, I just don't like the way my nose looks or the way that my fingers look or the way it can be any kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be real. To, to be ingrained in our heads. And that's how lies work. Somebody says something about us that's not true. And the lie weeds itself into our, our head. It just like, it takes root there. Jacob grew up believing, right, that his brother was more loved by his dad, that his, his brother was, you know, more, more uh, frankly, uh, 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 that, his, that his brother should have received the blessing that his brother deserved it more than he did. He grew up with probably these, these, this mindset, these, these lies, because they're very different. His brother's much more masculine than he was. That was kind of like, like, that's the kind of person that receives a blessing. And so he goes and he takes what's not his. And he deceives for what's, uh, to, to gain what's not his because of the lies that are rattling around in his head. And the third one is idols. Idol, just to remind you, it's when we make something good into something that's ultimate. And so perhaps there's been something in your life that could be a good thing, but it ends up becoming an ultimate thing. And sometimes it's because of the wounds or the lies that we actually grab onto these idols. If you grew up, for instance, in a family that didn't have very much money, and especially if you felt like other kids looked down on you because your family didn't have as much money, you are primed to be the kind of person that grows up and has idol as their money. Or if you grew up feeling less than, if other people put you down, if, if you felt like you were always the beta male in a room full of alphas, right? You'll grow up with that mindset like, I will show them. And, and, and the way that you are perceived then and the power that you're able to amass, that may very well become an idol for you. Like an idol is taking something that's good and making it something ultimate. It's putting it above God. And so, you know, Jacob had literally done this with his father's blessing and it had become an idol to him. Like him being holy and righteous and truthful took a back row seat to him gaining this thing that would be good, but that became ultimate for him. And he ends up eventually like really paying a price for living that kind of deceptive mindset. And then finally, addictions. Uh, man, ad addictions will 
oftentimes leave us feeling so empty on the inside because even if nobody else knows that we have an addiction, we know it. And therefore, we don't feel worthy. Like a lot of times we're embarrassed by them, right? And it could be an addiction to a substance. It could be addiction to alcohol. It could be addiction to something psychological like uh, pornography or television or uh, social media. Like it can be an addiction. Whatever we come back to that releases that hit of dopamine and finally makes us feel free. That's what an addiction can be. And for many of us, like we're ashamed of the thing that we're addicted to. And therefore, our inner man or woman does not feel very blessed. And so we are constantly trying to grab a blessing for ourselves. We find ourselves following in Jacob's footsteps. And what we see in Jacob is that this is not a way to live a life of blessing. He's not able to bless others as long as he's not blessed internally. And the world continues to like, seem like it's spinning the wrong way on its axis as long as he sees the world this way. What we need in our lives, and we did talk about this the other week, but I want to see specifically uh, one of the examples of, of the way that, that Jacob ends up figuring this out. What we need in our lives is to recognize the temptation that we have for these things to take root, for the lies, for the idols, for the addictions, uh, for, for those, and, and for the wounds to, to really end up running our lives. And so when we recognize that, like, man, that narrative, right, has driven me for a long time, that wound that I received in the past, that's the thing that keeps me from feeling blessed. That lie that someone spoke to me, I continue to hold it as if it is true and I can't get it out of my head. That thing that I thought I was, that addiction I'm struggling with. Like those things keep us from being blessed and therefore they keep us from being the kinds of friends and spouses and parents and children and colleagues who can bless others. Because as long as we do not feel internally blessed by God, as the scriptures teach us, we will really struggle to be a blessing to others. God doesn't leave Jacob in this condition. As we looked at a couple of weeks ago, there comes a time when he wrestles him in the night and actually puts his hip out of socket and, and truly blesses him. But it's not the first time in his life that God appeared to Jacob and tried to let him know that, like, I am, I am with you. You are blessed because I am here. And what we find is that Jacob's life, in Jacob's life, he needed to experience the presence of God multiple times before he became convinced of its reality. He had to experience the presence and blessing of God before he could be persuaded of its truth. So I want to look at a, just right before this chapter 29 comes chapter 28, because that's how numbers work. But, but right before that, there is a story that we didn't look at a couple of weeks ago. And I want to conclude today with just looking briefly at this story. Jacob has, has run away from where he is, and he ends up having this dream. It's a fairly famous passage. And so we read in chapter 28 and verse number 10, uh, we read this passage. Jacob left Beersheba, and he set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And taking, out, uh, taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep. So he's using a rock as a pillow, not the most comfortable thing. And he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? 
This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The Lord appears to him and literally tells him like, this is how I'm going to bless your life. This is how I'm going to use you. And he awakens and he realizes, oh, the Lord is in this place. And then he goes on from that place and still deep down in the inner core of his being does not see himself as a blessed man. Here's what we learn from this passage. We learn that the presence of God can be with us and we can be completely unaware of it. We learn that angels could be ascending and descending into place. God could be speaking blessing over us at any moment in time, and we may be completely clueless that that's what's happening. This is why God has to continue to like press into his life over and over and over again. So if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I, I, I struggle to be a person of blessing to my friends, to my family, to my colleagues, to my church. I struggle to be a person of blessing. Maybe you've gotten cynical over the years because you don't feel internally blessed. You're struggling with wounds or lies or addictions. You, you are struggling with years of feeling like a non-blessed person. And what I want us to remember from the story of Jacob is that right in the midst of your feeling like a non-blessed person, the Spirit of God may be in that place. Angels may be ascending and descending in that place. And what we have to continuously remind us, ourselves of is that God created you in his image he blessed you and called you son or daughter. And while you may have gone through a tragedy of life up until this point, you are able to bless others out of the blessing that God has given you by your very creation, your existence, and your sustenance. So this holiday weekend, whatever it looks like for you, maybe you're camping, maybe you're barbecuing outside, maybe you're hanging out with friends and family. Maybe you've had a great week, maybe you've had a terrible week. I don't know what this week looks like for you, but I just want to remind you of the very important fact that God blesses you and that God calls you to be a person of blessing. And as you go out and you hang out with your friends and you get friendsment this weekend and you see people, my encouragement to you is to remember that angels may be descending and ascending in the place where you are, that the spirit of God may be present in the place that you are, and that you go forth as his ambassador to be a blessing to the world around you. Have a wonderful weekend. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice, God. We're so grateful for the blessing that we have of just knowing you and of you being present in our life and of you having sent Jesus to, to rescue us and to restore our relationship with you. So God, I just ask you, Lord, that this, this uh, 4th of July holiday weekend, as we go throughout this week as well, that you would use us to be a blessing to other people. And we are so grateful for the ways that you pour into us and the opportunities that we have to pour into others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings. Thank you for listening to the Verb City Church Weekly Messages podcast. To learn more about Verb City Church, including info about our church ministries and ways to get involved, visit verbcity.church. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and leave a review so others can find our messages of hope and encouragement. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week.